the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, we have some new numbers up on the Biden crime family scandal. Uh, We're up to $20 million now with bank records released this morning from James Comer. And we're up to $83,000 a month that Devin Archer and Hunter Biden received from Burisma, the crooked Ukrainian energy company. But we will not start with those numbers, though we'll flesh them out later on in the show. As I welcome you to a Wednesday edition of the Bruce Hooley Show, we start with the ugly numbers from Issue 1's defeat last night. Special election aimed at raising the standard to amend the Ohio Constitution from 50% plus one, majority rule, mob rule, however you like it, to 60% plus one which, uh, interestingly enough, is the standard for most of the organizations to amend their own constitutions who oppose that being the way we do it here in Ohio. I'm talking about Planned Parenthood and other such organizations. I didn't sit by my television last night or go to the polls trying to get the updated numbers, the -the down-to-the-minute results, because I knew... Sunday morning that issue one was going to go down to defeat. How did I know Sunday morning issue one was going down to defeat after all the polls that were initially very, very depressing about how Ohio felt about issue one became a lot more promising. And in fact, some polls had the passage of issue one ahead, comfortably ahead, even as the special election approached. But how did I know Sunday morning that it was going to fail? When, A dear, dear friend uh, asked me at church a very simple question. How should I vote on issue one? Am I voting yes on issue one? Is that what makes it harder to pass an abortion amendment in November? Or should I vote no on issue one? And right then I knew, well, this is doomed. If someone who I know is pro-life, someone who has... uh, an amazing family and who has lived uh, a life devoted to following God's plan for his life and personifying the fruits of the Spirit and everything he does is unclear on how he's supposed to vote on issue one. And this is a smart, smart person, an executive, a very successful person. If he doesn't know, then clearly we have a colossal messaging failure. In the lead up to issue one, and as I look at the numbers, 57% against, 43% for, it was, of course, an effort by the left to lie and deceive people about the true mission of issue one, which is not to take away anybody's vote and not to, you know... Bring Jim Crow 3.0 to Ohio, 
That's the message Andrew Ginther was spreading, the lie Andrew Ginther was spreading Sunday at the Second Baptist Church on 17th Avenue. Now, this was a failure of the people who wanted to get issue one passed to be very targeted in how they explained it and, I would add, their very tardy start explaining exactly what it would do. They allow the left to define this issue first and foremost as about abortion. And even Secretary of State Frank LaRose, who, by the way, will wear this defeat around his neck like an anvil as he runs for Senate against Bernie Moreno and Matt Dolan in the Republican primary uh, when that is staged. Uh, Even Frank LaRose said, this is 100% about abortion. Gee, um, way to go, Frank. Way to join the uh, cheer squad for the other team. The one thing you don't do is agree with your opponents on what a special election is about. Because then they don't have to convince anybody that it's about what they say it's about, which it was never about that. It's not surprising to me that it failed because there's a bloodlust in Ohio. By the way, were they were they toasting this win last night at Democratic headquarters with the blood of the unborn children that they hope to abort in November? I mean, I could think of no more appropriate way to toast your victory, Democrats, than that. But this is because we have in a get this, it get this. In a state that has gone for Donald Trump Twice, the last time by eight plus points in a state with Republican supermajorities in both the House and Senate of the General Assembly and in a state where every major office holder is a Republican. I pause because it's hard for me to say that about in particular our governor. Who, by the way, by the way, has anyone seen Mike DeWine? Should we send out a search party for Mike DeWine? Uh, can anyone confirm for me whether Mike DeWine is still the governor of the state of Ohio? Or has he been, unbeknownst to me, placed in the witness protection program? I mean, I really worry. I mean, maybe Fran has seen Mike DeWine. Because I noticed that throughout the lead-up, to the special election on Tuesday. Frank LaRose is out there leading the charge. Mike Gonadakis, Ohio Right to Life, is out there trying to marshal support. You know who I didn't see out there doing anything for issue one? Oh, that's right. That would be the governor of the state of Ohio. Uh, the governor of the state of Ohio, who has built a very successful political legacy on the back of two issues. He's pro-life. And he's pro-Second Amendment. Now, everybody in Ohio would tell you that Mike DeWine is pro-life and he's pro-Second Amendment because he tells you that all the time. But when he had the opportunity to get out and do what really good, effective governors do, which is define a position on an issue, lead people toward that position on the issue, yes, as governor, you are a well, in your case, in theory, a leader. 
Mike DeWine was nowhere. Well, I'm sure he was somewhere, unless he is, in fact, no longer with us, or if, in fact, he's in the witness protection program, when, which would preclude us from knowing exactly where he is. But I presumed when Mike DeWine ran for a second term as Ohio governor, he did so because he wanted to be governor. Since he won, what has he really done? On any of the cultural issues that define our day, and we will have a vote in November on, and I want to gag when I say this, making abortion a constitutional right in Ohio. A constitutional right to murder an unborn child in the womb, to dismember an unborn child in the womb, to tear them literally limb from limb in the womb of a mom just because she wants to. We will have a chance in November to ensconce that as a constitutional right in the state of Ohio. If that happens, and I have no doubt that it will happen, because we are increasingly enslaved to an evil ideology preached by the Democrats, That abortion is not about the dismemberment of a child, not about the murder of a child, not about an attempt to exterminate the black community. Hey, congratulations, Second Baptist Church on 17th Avenue. Look around your congregation on Sunday morning. You'll likely see a lot of black parishioners who comprise 14% of the American population and account for 40% percent of the abortions in our country. 40%. Nearly three times your portion of the population. If that's not an attempt to remove you from our culture, I don't know what is. But, oh, no, Democrats say they're all about us. Uh, This obviously infuriates me, and I am infuriated most at the Republicans who failed who failed, who utterly failed to put a ballot issue up for a vote with a plan to get it passed rather than a reactive, feckless response to what the left said it was about. Uh, You'll hear from Matt Huffman, state Senate president, Andrew Ginther, the mayor of Columbus, Chad Brown, the senator from Ohio. Man, can we finally get rid of him? Although I'm not so sure if we get Matt Dolan in instead of Sherrod Brown, we'll gain anything. In fact, I'm sure we won't really gain too much. Uh, We'll get just another Republican in name only. That's what Matt Dolan is. That's what Mike DeWine is. That's what a lot of our state office holders are, which is why this went down to a resounding defeat. But yay for mob rule in Ohio. Yay. For the death of understanding of what civics really means. And yay, for the fact that people don't understand the difference between laws and the Constitution. So issue one goes down, 57-43. It was uh, 70-30 for a while. So what does that tell us? Uh, A couple of things. And by the way, we will chat today at uh, 12.05 with a political strategist I've been uh, connected with, a gentleman by the name of Jim Pfaff. Uh Jim, 
got a pretty impressive resume here. What stood out to me is he was chief of staff for Kentucky Congressman Thomas Massey. I really like Thomas Massey. He's really good. One of the really good ones. And so Tim Pfaff, who now uh, does research and data and analyzes things, and perhaps his firm could have made a difference because it seemed to me like the effort to get issue one passed never really defined, never really crystallized, could never really settle on a message. I mean, if you're going to come out with issue one, it was controversial from the very start because it gave the left an opportunity to misportray what it was really about. And the misportrayal of what it was really about, uh, well, I mean, basically talk to any Democrat and their talking points will be 100 percent filled with lies. Uh, We could go outside and talk to Joe Biden about it. We could go uh, into the halls of the Senate and uh, listen to Chaired Brown on it. Uh, but uh, why don't we just stay right here locally and listen to what Mayor Andrew Ginther had to say uh, last night as he celebrated the victory. Well, obviously, all voices matter, and it's important for all the votes to be counted and to hear from folks regardless of the perspective on things. But the overwhelming majority of Ohioans have spoken loud and clear, uh, and they believe in majority rule. They believe in one person, one vote. And they believe that 111 years history uh, is worth fighting for. And they came out today on August 8th uh, to vote overwhelmingly to reject this overreach by an extremist supermajority. Okay, every word of that's a lie. Every single word of that and every and every idea conveyed by that is a lie. Uh, Let's start with all voters. All votes matter. We've shown all votes matter. All votes matter when you elect your representative who represents you in a constitutional republic, because we don't live in a democracy. We live in a constitutional republic, a democratic republic, because you do get to vote on who your representative is. And then your representative goes to the state house and they abide by the state constitution to represent you. So it was never going to take your vote away. You are always going to be able to vote for your representative and to allow them to represent you in the Ohio state house. So that's a lie. Okay. As for the 111 years of history, oh, we must preserve 111 years of history. It's really interesting how devoted the Democrats are to preserving 111 years of history. I wish they were as devoted to preserving 111 years of history when it comes to, I don't know, the uh, history of the United States of America. Who's tearing down all the statues in this country? More than that, who's tearing down all the norms in this country? If we really are devoted and we really must guard and it's really so precious to steward 111 years of history in the state of Ohio or almost 250 years in the United States of America, uh, why are we having debates about whether men can be women and whether or not that's a baby in the womb of a mother? See, there are some aspects of history that the Democrats desperately want to preserve. Well, they don't really want to preserve history. What they want to do is change history, but they want to play upon the unsophisticated emotional heartstrings of people who buy lies like, oh, you know, if issue one passes, then your vote's going to be taken away. You will not have a voice in the state of Ohio anymore. 100% a lie. Of course it is. It came out of the mouth of Andrew Ginther. Now, 
The Republicans are not absolved of blame here because they allowed the Democrats to define it as they did. I I get it. It's tough because you have throughout the state the media and academia that will not tell the truth on an issue like this. I noticed that in CNN's recap of the defeat of issue one, uh, they did quote Governor Mike DeWine. I, I had a little fun with the governor in segment one of the program asking if he's in the witness protection program. But CNN did quote Mike DeWine on this, not boldly advocating for issue one, and just kind of tepidly, you know, well, see, it's, it's not, it's pretty good, and you know, we hope. Clearly define the issue, boldly stand behind it. That's not Mike DeWine's style, because Mike DeWine's style is Mike DeWine likes to be liked, and Mike DeWine, more than anything, doesn't like to be criticized. I mean, I think that Mike DeWine being liked, that ship left the harbor and sank, given his COVID overreaches. But he really doesn't like to be criticized. He doesn't like to be picketed. He doesn't like to be yelled at. So Mike DeWine's not going to take a bold stand on an issue. But what was really interesting to me about the CNN article that quoted Mike DeWine is it quoted Mike DeWine in May. It quoted Mike DeWine in May. And I thought, you know what? I'm not sure I've heard from the governor since May. June, July, first week of August. Is he out there working it? Is he at the state fair, like, pounding it? Is he shaking hands? Is he talking? No, of course not. Of course not. Now, it is also disgustingly disturbing when we have people in the national media who should be advocates for life, and in fact will tell you they are advocates for life, when they absolutely positively are not. They are... Sometimes pro-life, but, you know, not if it has to mean this. For instance, I listened with utter disdain yesterday when I heard Aaron Baer of the Center for Christian Virtue on a national radio show. Gee, I wonder if you can figure out who's. And Aaron was pounding the pulpit for issue one, as he should have been. Well, I got more courage than just play possum with you. He was on with Hugh Hewitt. And Hugh, prior to bringing Aaron on the show, to advocate for issue one, to theoretically make it harder to abort babies in the state of Ohio, Hugh Hewitt admonished his previous guest by saying, would you please tell Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama to drop his opposition to military promotions? Tommy Tuberville is blocking military promotions because he is attempting to stop the U.S. taxpayer from paying for abortions by members of the U.S. military. So Hugh would tell you he's pro-life. He would tell me he's pro-life. But he deems military promotions more important than protecting the life of the unborn. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.